Well, here we are. It's the 5th of March, and there's a lot to say, isn't there? But I'm going to concentrate today on the Kingdom of Bahrain, because because why? Because the Crown Prince of Bahrain is visiting the United States of America at this moment, even as we speak. And so it's kind of an important moment in time, especially because this is an election year in Bahrain, and Bahrain has not always been a happy place, as you will remember. Uh, tensions between the Shiite and the Sunni community have existed. And the question is, does anybody in the international community care when we have bigger priorities and bigger fish to fry? Well, we should. It's an important year. There's a memorandum of understanding being negotiated between the Kingdom of Bahrain and the United Nations Human Rights Council uh, to show that they are squeaky clean and, and jolly good job too. It's a great thing in principle, as is the fact that Bahrain has done a great deal to reform and to improve. The point is the population is split Evenly, not evenly, you argue the case, but it's split between Shiite and Sunni. And there's a lot of unhappiness, has been. And does the international community care about stability in Bahrain in this election year for Bahrain? Well, where are we at? Bahrain's parliament will be suspended from May to October. Then in October or thereabouts, we'll see the general election in Bahrain. Elections at which there will be no significant opposition voice because the principal opposition parties, Al-Wafaq and Wad, have been delegitimized by the state. They've been deregistered. They call, they call them political societies in Bahrain. Uh, technically, technically, it's, it's impossible to have a, uh, <laughs> political party in Bahrain, but that's of course uh, uh, semantics. The political societies in Bahrain are, uh, Al-Wafaq is the big one, you know, the big Shiite party. Very uh, very dinosaur-like. It's failed to stand in, in the last couple of elections. I mean, set aside the fact that the government has said that it may not stand. <laughs> the point is that it has decided not to stand because it's felt that it, uh, it won't get enough goodies, not enough cookies out of the cookie jar. Pathetic. And it has the longest standing, the longest standing opposition leader in the world is in Bahrain and he is in jail. And that's not right, really. <laughs> Whatever is to be said for him, because it's not really fair, is it? But uh, Al-Wafaq is the largest opposition group, society, whatever, by a mile. Then there's Wad, the um, also suspended. It's quite a sweet little party because it it's uh, not it's secular rather than religious, and I I quite like that. But it's smaller, but it's also outlawed. Unfortunate. Does that mean there's not an opposition party in Bahrain's 50-seat parliament? Is there any? Well, there's a little one called Atakadami. Uh, it has three members. It's uh, the Progressive Party. And yeah, uh, they, that's what they call it, Atakadami, the Progressive Party. Um, but there's, so there's a three-member opposition, a three-person opposition in Bahrain's parliament that's left, and they're very modest, and they're, they're quite likely, actually, ironically, uh, 
to be whatever cut out of the cake in the forthcoming elections. I mean, there's every prospect they may be frozen out when the elections take place later this year. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Meanwhile, the only nation putting any pressure on Bahrain to to reform is the United States of America. Uh, And that's modest, you understand, very modest. But there is a little, a little pressure from the USA. Britain does nothing, says nothing, doesn't care about the future of, stable future of Bahrain. You know, Britain has other focuses, so. And the same with the rest of the world has less interest than Britain. Britain has a tiny little naval base there, of course, you know. But uh, the rest of the world simply doesn't, well, doesn't care. Uh, (laughs) But... You know, Bahrain's such a small country. If we can't, can't have stability in Bahrain, then where are we? And it's sad to see Britain not caring and the rest of the international community utterly complacent, utterly complacent, utterly disgraceful. Anyway, I mean, one, one hopes there's a new U.S. ambassador to Bahrain, which is encouraging a Jewish guy. I have every hope for him being some value. He's only been in post about a week. <sighs> he may be good. What do we need? What do we need for Bahrain to create a stable Bahrain? Well, the crown prince is completely diverted onto issues of the economy at the moment. That's what he's obsessed with. And he's building um, five new towns. I mean, development areas. Of course, they're on the coast. That means they're on Shiite land. That, you know, all the Shiites live in the fishing villages around the coast, so that creates more tension. And does anybody care? Not if the Shiites remain quiet. I mean, they only kill occasional policemen, so what does it matter? But, but we do need a stable Bahrain. Bahrain is a pivotal country. And, of course, Iran hasn't helped there. There's been... Um, well, I would say, anyway, I would say the fact that the the elections, the last elections, the uh, whether regardless of whether the government would have allowed Al-Wafaq to stand, if Al-Wafaq was not going to stand, because the leader decided it would not stand, because the Iranians decided that Al-Wafaq would not stand. That's my opinion. Gosh, I irritate some of the opposition saying that. What I'm trying to say is that the boot has to be on the other foot. The government should not be the ones suppressing the opposition voice. It should be down. You put the ball in the opposition's court and challenge them to stand. Challenge them to stand. There's a chance now for a more stable and happy future for Bahrain. The crown prince is a good man. He has a good conscience. And the beauty of the fact that Parliament is suspended from May to October is that we can have reforms by royal decree without fussing. So, a little word with you, dear Crown Prince, from you, dear Americans, now that you're all in one place together. I mean, you it's a moment. It's a moment. And what... I mean, what do we want? There, There is a election exclusion law 
that needs to be repealed, which says that nobody, anybody who has been a former member of Al-Wafaq or Wad or any of the suspended political parties may not stand, may not even stand as an independent. That's a bit pathetic. I'm sorry, but it is, honestly. For goodness sake, how childish. And then, and then there's, uh, apart from the political exclusion law, of course, there is the, the suspension of the political party, opposition parties themselves, and they should be allowed to either re-register or their, or their deregistration should be given a time limit. So many years by the crown prince, by royal decree, so that, so that they can be automatically re-registered. Some approach of that kind would be very, very, very good. Um, we're negotiating a memorandum of understanding between the United Nations Human Rights Council and Bahrain. That needs to be right too. We need a procedure by which those who've had their citizenship suspended can come home again and those who ha are outside in exile because they have prison sentences decreed against them in absentia should be allowed to come home. We need a kind of um, UN system whereby prison sentences can be abated or by, by some independent person given the power to do so by as part of the MOU, the Memorandum of Understanding between the United Nations Human Rights Council and Bahrain. Why does the Bahrain care about the UN Human Rights Council? It does. It does. I know Britain doesn't, America doesn't, but Bahrain does. It wants to get some brownie points with the, with the international community in this year in which it is suspending, um, political opposition. So, so it can do so by allowing the special rapporteur for, um, torture and so on come in. And Bahrain is in a position to do that because Bahrain does not torture prisoners. Like it has a historic, historic naughtiness there, but no longer. It has reformed a lot, especially since the new crown prince has become prime minister. Oh, the, the crown prince has become the new prime minister. I mean, Bahrain is doing a lot, but we need for more. And there is, um, there are other ways too of, of getting people to come home again. People who've had significant positions in the opposition, but have prison sentences against them, like uh, Ali Al-Aswat, my friend. I mean, uh, that's the former MP. I mean, he, he, oh, people can't come home if they've got a jail term waiting for them as soon as they step off the plane. There is the alternative sentencing law, which is not ideal, but that should be invoked and, and which is a kind of a neat thing, uh, because it's, it's, um, allows people to, to avoid uh, prison term by serving in the community, but actually, in reality, they don't have to serve in the community. We're also getting a more open prison system, which may be better in Bahrain, may allow some of these uh, more political prisoners to be released uh, more easily. And there are other little things. There are other little things we do need progress on. Women's rights, by the way, a footnote, but it's not a minor footnote. And here, Bahrain could offer something in this election year by royal decree because there are laws um, that impinge on women's rights. They'll never be sorted by parliament. There, there are laws, for instance, by which um, a rapist can escape a rape charge by marrying his victim. There are laws by which 
children under 16 can be married. Under 16, you know, 14, 12 can be married off with uh, consent of the religious authorities. are disgraceful, really. There are a lot of issues, and of course, abortion um, is illegal unless there are medical conditions. Abortions in cases of rape is not permitted. You know, so I don't think that there aren't problems. There are problems all the world over with the abuse of women. Um, and uh, the Arab world is no different. Uh, so, so we have these issues. We need to deal with them. And Bahrain could offer some progress on those particular issues. And why not? It's, it's a time for Bahrain. A time for Bahrain. We, uh, I mean, the opposition would like some form of national dialogue, which is what we had under the Crown Prince years ago. He's got exhausted by it and probably doesn't want to try it again, but, but that would be neat. That'd be worthwhile. Uh, why not? Why not have some restarting, kickstart of the old national dialogue? But we haven't got time to mess around. The elections are this year and a lot of reforms can be initiated by royal decree. And then we can have a fresh start for this beautiful little country. It's a country with a huge future. It's a country that is symbolically important uh, because if we can have harmony between Shiite and Sunni in Bahrain, we can manage the bigger situation in the world. There are footnotes, other footnotes. I go on about footnotes. I'd like to see Al Wasat, the principal opposition newspaper that was suspended, allowed to republish online. There are lots of little footnotes, but things that could be done, done now, to make Bahrain a more stable place. I know the international community doesn't care. Um, Britain certainly doesn't care. Uh, but um, America has a little care. And they have a new ambassador. And the crown prince is in the United States. Come on, guys. Let's man up. Let's try and see some better future for the kingdom of Bahrain. One of the gems, one of the jewels in the Arabian Gulf. God bless you. Thank you.